baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Time to rewind. It's the Chris and Amy Rewind Recap. Yeah, final hour of the show today. And we've got the Dave Glover Show coming up at 1. Hopefully you're listening on 1120 AM, 98.7 FM, or the Odyssey app. There are no other ways to do it. Oh, KMOX.com, I guess. There's your fourth way. Four ways to listen. You know what I've been doing lately i don't know if it's because of where i've been driving around maybe just outside the 40 corridor if there's some interference old school 1120 that that cuts through everything if you're in a low wi-fi zone or if you are far enough out that the fm signal can't hit you kmox 1120 i am pretty married to 98.7 fm yeah because it's Uh, so clear yeah yeah wherever you based on where you are I mean sometimes you can here's what I would say give it a try if it doesn't work go back to 1120 or if you want to hear it really crystal clear no matter where you are the Odyssey app is super easy A-U-D-A-C-Y so we um, started the show talking about um, Governor Parson and the fact that he has pardoned over 600 people which is a I wouldn't call it a record, but it is a pace we have not seen in Missouri since the 1940s. Yeah, 80 years. It's wild. And I don't know what's behind it. It could just be the backlog. It could be a bunch of factors. Yeah, and I think what's important to note, too, is this was not a random mass pardon of hundreds and hundreds of names. What several people have pointed out, uh, the importance is... The process of the way Governor Parson has been pardoning these people, uh, looking, using transparency in the the rubric or the qualifications for whether or not to grant clemency, looking how old was the person when they committed the crime? What was the crime? What was the severity of the crime? How much contrition are they showing? How long has it been? Uh, what has there been their involvement in the community since then? What have they done with their lives? Do they have good citizens who recommend them for clemency? Taking into account all of that, the governor and his staff have been going through about 100 clemency requests a month. Or at least I should say granting about 100 a month so you know what to expect, you know when to expect them. And he's been working on a backlog that really got jammed up during the whole Governor Greitens scandal, right? He wasn't getting anything done. Some of these date back to Jay Nixon's time as governor, which ended in 2017. So he's maybe he has decided for, you know, before he, he is his term is up as governor, he's going to work through this backlog and try to... Help people out who have turned their lives around. Because it's, it's not just willy-nilly right. that he's granting these. And it's not necessarily people who are in jail and need to be out of jail. We're talking about people who have it on their records. And right. when you're pardoned, it's there's a, there's a huge value in, in getting that off your record. Uh, people, I think, 
even if you're out and you're free and you've been living in society and maybe you own a business or whatever it is you're doing, I think you would prefer to be pardoned than to not be pardoned. Right. There's, like, a, there's a feeling about having been a, a convicted felon. Right. And one of these guys, for instance, uh, committed some crimes, was convicted in the 1990s. He served his time, was released from prison. He uh, since had a literal come to Jesus moment, became a pastor, has been serving in the community. And so the governor pardoned him. And when you look too at the length of time that it had been since the convictions of some of the people who have been pardoned, 48 years, 53 years. One was 58 years for theft. And so if that person is contrite, has been contributing positively to the community, it's been over half a century since that person has been convicted and served their time then it, it, it can be a big moment for them to be pardoned. The average is 28 years of those who have been pardoned by the governor. Dozens of Israeli hostages and more than 100 Palestinian prisoners returned home, and that included a very heart-wrenching reunion of the first American to be released uh, by Hamas in Gaza, the four-year-old Abigail. I'm sure you saw some of the footage of her walking free. And the pause in fighting is set to end 7 a.m. Tuesday, which is really midnight our time Eastern. Uh, but both Israel and Hamas are looking to extend it so that more people can go home. And it's funny, Pam Falk, who joined us, uh, CBS News correspondent, covers the United Nations. While we were talking to her, we find out that uh, they have, in fact, extended that truce for another couple of days. 20 hostages are to be released. Yeah, and this is something that we've been following over the weekend. Hamas uses a particular, particularly cruel form of psychological torture with not saying who will be released or saying someone like a little girl will be released and then not releasing her. They still have the 10-month-old, a 10-month-old as a hostage. This was a four-year-old girl. And I do think it's important to note these are Israeli hostages. And when we say women and children, you're looking at elderly women. You know, we saw a woman who was in her 80s. We are looking at two-year-olds, four-year-olds, five-year-olds. The Palestinian prisoners that have been released, uh, there are some minors, but there's a difference between a 17-year-old who tried to detonate a car bomb and a two-year-old. Technically, both are minors, but a 17-year-old who has committed a crime or attempted terrorism that's something that we should also, we should acknowledge that not all the prisoners who were released have been have tried to detonate car bombs. Some of them were just outspoken people. Well, I have I've actually been learning through the lists of why they were arrested. One, the, there was one and I wrote this headline down because it said a disfigured woman whose case became well known as among the Palestinians released. You, you have to even. Uh, people have made editorial notes saying you have to say why she was a prisoner or disfigured. She was a car bomber. She blew herself up in a car bomb and then demanded Israel pay for her plastic surgery, which they did. But I think that is what we're looking at when you're looking at the release of prisoners, Palestinian prisoners versus hostages like a two-year-old girl. And it's just very, very cruel the, the torture of families waiting to get back children. Ugh. Well, you know, one of the, the more striking um, reunions was the, uh, his name's Tom Hand. And if you remember in the immediate days after October 7th, he was interviewed, I believe, by CNN. I'm, I'm not really sure. 
And he was the father who thought that his daughter was dead. She was a nine-year-old, and he actually said that he was relieved mm. when he found out she was dead because he thought, oh, my gosh, she's being—the the, worst-case scenario is she's been taken and she's been tortured. But in a very, then very they, broken way. Very broken way. Right. And yeah. then they found out that the IDF had misidentified her as being dead, but she wasn't. She's alive. She's been returned back to him. Uh, so that is a uh, just a just a roller coaster of events for that family. Uh, and thankfully, uh, her name is Emily, and she's back with him. We also discussed with the uh, with Matt Pauley, who is our sports open line host, who will be on six to eight tonight, talking Cardinals, talking about Sonny Gray and the new look rotation. We talked about the acquisition with him, and to get him for three years and twenty five million dollars per. Uh, that's a that's a fantastic deal for a guy who is coming off uh, a runner-up finish in the American League Cy Young Award voting. Uh, a guy who changed what he did last offseason as a way to stay healthy, and he did just that, making 32 starts and getting to 184 innings this past year. Uh, I don't know if he's going to end up being uh, their number one. He's the number one on the on the staff right now. We'll see if the Cardinals have anything else up their sleeve uh, before the offseason comes to an end. Uh, but I think this is just a fantastic signing for this club. Yeah, it's not a long commitment. Three years is not bad, but he is 34 years old. And right now, the Cardinals' rotation is better than what it was last season. It's also, and I, it's weird to say this, but um, you got a bunch of guys who are in their early and mid-30s. Their youngest pitcher right now is 33 years old. Youngest starter is 33 years old. So you're, you're looking at kind of an, a rotation that's on the older end. How's it going to fare next year? I think it will be better than what we saw in 2023, but it still does feel like they got some work to do. So we'll see what happens. We are going to talk to Greg Amsinger with MLB Network. He is coming up at the bottom of the hour. He will give us his thoughts on how the Cardinals rotation looks now and what is potentially to come. Hey, we also discussed uh, that moment that you realized you were old or that it hit you. It occurred to you. Uh, Big Blonde Dan. By the way, he's 34. I don't want to listen to this guy talk about how he's old. Big Blonde Dan is 34? He says he's 34. And Mm. he says he realized when he he was getting old, when he started getting up at 4.30 on purpose. No, I don't buy it. 34 is not old. I agree with you. Unless you're in the Cardinals rotation. And then it's (laughs) it's up there. He could start for the Cardinals. (laughs) He's right in the middle. He's prime starting age. Yeah. Well, is that because you're a lawyer, Big Blonde Dan? Is he a lawyer? I think so. Are we allowed to say that? I don't know. I I think think he's a lawyer. Yeah, I think we're allowed to If you don't want us to say that, Big Blonde Dan, tell us. But is that why you woke up at 4.30 or did you wake up at 4.30 to exercise? It's too late, whatever it is. Oh, he also says he can still do five pull-ups. Now, if he is as big as the name Big Blonde Dan implies, That's that's, that's impressive. Yeah. Because have you ever noticed on American Ninja Warrior, the best guys are the the skinny, kind of like shorter, like rock climbers. Right. The big, muscly guys, it's too much weight to have Correct. to carry and lift. Yeah. So I think, you know. Plus, if you're smaller, if you're a smaller person, um, it's usually easier to find shirts that fit. What? Yeah. So here's what I've noticed. Okay. When you go to the store... If there's a particular shirt that's really nice, the sizes that are gone first are large and extra large. 
But medium's always there. There's yeah. always a medium available. I think medium is the most... Maybe it's it's the least popular of all the men's sizes because you're either a small or a large. Maybe yeah. medium is just... Maybe they need to revamp demographics of who's buying. Small, large, extra large, always gone first. Medium hangs around forever. I guess double X is probably. If there you a wear lot. a medium, three one four four three six. Yeah, let us know how easy your life is. Yeah, uh, do you have you ever not had a medium? If you wear a medium, there's no way they've ever been out of mediums. That's Amy. I'm Chris. When we come back, she's going to tell me about a thing I had never heard of until today. Yep. Have you ever heard of skip lagging? Not until today. Okay. I'm going to tell you what it is. Skip lagging uh-huh. is when you use a layover city as your destination city. Let's say you want to fly to Dallas. Okay. And it costs you $350 to fly to Dallas direct. But let's say there's a sale on flights to Salt Lake City. And those are $300. And you go St. Louis to Dallas, Dallas to Salt Lake City. It's cheaper to fly to Salt Lake City. So you book the ticket for Salt Lake City. But when you get to Dallas, which is your layover city, you walk away and have your vacation. And you never make the second leg. That is brilliant. That is called skip lagging. Okay. And for obvious reasons, airlines frown upon it. But it is... It is a thing. I had never heard of it. Apparently, Mason Jar had heard of it because he said there were there are even websites about it. But airlines can obviously charge more for a direct flight sometimes than they do with a flight with one or more connecting cities. And sometimes those connecting cities, it's cheaper to go there than it is the direct flight. Great. Now, can't so you they're getting see, mad about it? They are getting mad about it, and it, it it's. It's not always the case, right? I think most of the time, a direct flight to one city is going to be cheaper than a multi-stop flight to another. Correct. But every now and then, every now and then, the multi-stop flight is cheaper. Airlines don't like it for multiple reasons. Partly when you buy a ticket, they say you're agreeing to their terms and conditions, which means that it is your intent to complete the travel itinerary as purchased. And also, it adds a delay, potentially, to a lot of flights. The last two flights I took, one was uh, Colorado. The other one was, I think, New York. Nope, Jackson Hole. Jackson Hole. We had to wait because at the gate, they very courteously would say, Bob Smith. Bob Smith, this is your final call. This flight has boarded. Please proceed immediately to gate 37. Bob Smith. They did that, and it's a delay of a few minutes, which adds up with all the thousands of flights that we have every day. And that happened on both flights where they called a passenger who was late to boarding that flight. Now, if you're skip lagging, if Bob Smith is skip lagging, he'll never make that second leg of the flight. So you delay the flight, and then you assume Bob Smith never made it, you would keep track of that. The airline would keep right. track of it because what if Bob Smith goes missing? That's right. Okay. So So you can see how it's it's a little bit of a, an ethical thing. Yeah, but also if, you know what? Just make the flights cheaper then. Well, if, that's, if you're the airline, make the flights cheaper because you could. Uh, uh, that to me is not a and I'm sure they're going to come down on it and I'm sure they are going to police it better. I don't know what their recourse is. Um I don't I don't know if you can 
be in trouble legally by doing something mm-hmm. like that. But I can't blame a person for finding a cheaper price when it is. Let, let me let me say this. Um, flying to Chicago from here and Southwest sends like 15 flights a day up that direction. You would think it's like 50 bucks because it seems like it should be $50, mm-hmm. but it's not. Like your cheapest flight, if you book it normally and don't do it, you know, six months in advance, it's like 150 each way. So like a $300 round trip to go yeah. you know, a four and a half hour car drive. That should be a lot cheaper than it is. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. So to be that, that is a lot of the times that is the rationalization for Skip Ladner. Yeah, CNN, I can't blame people for that. CNN did a story on it. And this woman, Amanda, that they interviewed said she does it. She started doing it in 2021 when she said she just felt the airlines were pushing it too much on ticket prices. They are. She said she does it primarily on international flights. And again, it is not illegal. It's not a criminal offense. But because you're technically violating the terms and conditions that you agreed to when you buy your ticket. They can ban you from flights? They can ban you. They can charge you a fee or they can, like, remove all your frequent flyer miles, say that they don't count because you didn't use them for the full itinerary. Primarily for what he calls, or CNN called, audacious repeat offenders. So if you're continually doing this, the airlines have the right to penalize you in some way, okay. which I can get. I understand how they sure. would take away your frequent flyer my- miles because you didn't technically fly on all of the uh, miles, the legs of the trip. Here's what's really stunning to <sighs> me, Amy. Could do it. And this is a thing that you were talking about in the office before the show. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that if there was one person, you know, the flight's supposed to leave at 1235 yeah. and there's one person who hasn't boarded yet that they'll wait they, they, they don't have to. I did not know to. that. No, they, they don't have to, but they can. We were actually uh, the beneficiaries of that one time. Oh. My, uh, we, it was six of us, an entire family. Somehow we missed the boarding call. We were at the right gate. Oh. I, I don't know what happened, but they said mark scores. There are six mark scores. We are looking for the mark scores. And my dad is, that's oh, wild. my gosh, that's us. Oh, and my gosh. I know. I can't believe they'd wait. It's yeah. one thing if you were a connecting flight and that first flight was delayed. That's one thing. But if you're just late to the airport, screw you. We're leaving. You're in the Starbucks line. Greg Amsinger will talk Cardinals with us when we come back on KMOX. Chris and Amy on KMOX until 1 o'clock. We continue discussing the Cardinals in their offseason, which has been pretty busy so far. And the winter meetings have not even started. That'll be coming up next week. And we continued the discussion today. The Quiver River Electric guest line is popping. And we visit with Greg Amzinger, former uh, KMOXer, now Major League Baseball Network, MLB Network. He is killing it there, and he's with us now on KMOX. What's up, Greg? 
Well, a lot, a lot, a lot's going on right now, Chris and Amy. I was interrupted picking out my outfit for the winter meetings. You know, I'm on for four straight days in Nashville (laughs) because my phone was blowing up with all my St. Louis friends complaining about the news today. Complaining. So the the news is that it's not official yet, but Sonny Gray uh, finalizing a three-year contract, $75 million. I get the impression you like the deal. I think the Cardinals front office pointed at one of the worst rotations in baseball said before the season ended that they were going to address this issue and they did it quickly. Now, is this a win now sign? Absolutely. You've got three pitchers in their mid thirties to short-term contracts. I love it. I love it. You're still believing in the future, the young arms that you, you're kind of developing right now. I think Matthew Libertor is still viewed as a future starter. I, I think Rom and others are guys that they really value and they want to, to mature and bring depth to the rotation. But the team, the lineup, is good enough to score enough runs to go to the playoffs and win the division now. So let's get three veterans that we kind of know what we're getting now short-term deals it's not going to hold the franchise back i don't believe they overpaid for any of these guys and i think it was the right move were there other options other areas they could have gone yes absolutely but they decided that these three contracts were the three best negotiations that they could have they could have endured during this offseason and they got it all done before the winter meeting so i i commend the front office i don't think they're done i think there are other moves to make but they, they knew there was a gaping hole in the rotation, and they tried to fix it as quickly as they could. Okay, Greg, let's look at this on a rating system, talking about the three contracts that were just signed, Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson, Sonny Gray. And on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being loaded with aces, you know, 1 being just horrible, where were the Cardinals before these three contracts as far as their pitching goes, and what number would you give them now after these three contracts? I'll just use the facts. They were 26th in starters ERA in all of Major League Baseball, ERA over five, which is terrible. Uh, I think with these three additions, they all stay healthy, which is a big if, because again, they're in their mid-30s, right? Uh, But durability has been something that they've all had on their side for the most part. So if they all stay healthy, I think you've got a mid-15th or 16th in baseball starting ERA. Oh, my goodness. Oh, what is that? That's terrible. What timeout. It puts you in the conversation, all right? There's, there's a, there are closers out there. Josh Hader's out there. The Cardinals could go big in the bullpen still. And what have we learned in the postseason? Once you get to the postseason, it's the swing and miss in your bullpen that prevails. So I, I, to me, I, I, I think a, a mid-level rotation – is all they need to win a very winnable NL Central division. And then once you get to the postseason, ask the Arizona Diamondbacks. They had two legitimate starting pitchers. Two. That's it. Merrill Kelly and Zach Gallen, a former Cardinal prospect. They, they, they hit the lottery with a Brandon Fought, a kid that came up through their minor league system, so they got some luck on their side. But they had two legitimate starters going into opening day. That's why none of us picked them to be playoff contenders. So you can go all the way to the World Series if you hit it with the back end of your bullpen right in free agency, which is what the Diamondbacks did. They also made trades at the deadline to get their closer in Paul Seawald. The Cardinals will still tinker, but a mid-level rotation is all you need to get into the dance, and that's the playoffs. 
Uh, we're talking with Greg Amsinger from MLB Network about the Cardinals offseason moves so far. And one of the names that has been, I, I would say the one that I've heard the most in terms of big-time talent um, attached to the Cardinals is Yoshinobu Yamamoto from Japan. I know that he was in Los Angeles last week, apparently at a Lakers game. So um, he's being courted out there. What do you think the likelihood is that something like that still happens, despite the fact they have already paid for three starters uh, before now? I think slim to none. I I don't think I might be surprised, maybe a Hunjin Ryu on a one-year deal. Uh, Maybe they are able to lure Michael Waka back, but I know he wants more than one year, and that's why they picked Lance Glenn over Michael Waka. Um, But I I would be shocked to see another legit top-shelf free agent starting pitcher. Do I think we're going to see bigger names in the bullpen possibly be signed by the Cardinals? Absolutely. They're reimagining all of their outgetters, the guys on the mound. They're reimagining this. I, I, I didn't think this was going to be done before the winter meetings. So they jumped. They knew there were a lot of chairs in the game of musical chairs. There, there's a, there are, for some reason, so many big market teams are starving for starting pitching. I commend them for getting the guys they got when they got them. Um, but I think Yamamoto is going to be either a Dodger, uh, a Red Sox, or a, a Met or Yankee. I think the four big markets are going to be all over him, and that's where I think he's headed. Uh, Dylan Cease was a, a potential uh, for the Cardinals in terms of trade. How close is with the rumors this morning or the reporting this morning was that they're close with the Braves or have been discussing things with the Braves? Is that likely? Yeah, so Dylan Cease, those talks sort of fell apart, which led to the third year uh, for the AAV that Sonny Gray wanted, which was $25 million. And I think he deserves it after the year they just had. I mean, my goodness, he created a pitch. Whenever you create a pitch, you're pretty much a big deal. The sweeper is Sonny Gray's pitch. So he's bringing that to St. Louis, which has been one of the most dominant. And look, for all you Cardinal fans out there that were frustrated to watch the ball fly over the wall, so many pitchers gave up homers this year, no one hit a home run off of his sweeper. He threw over 600 or 500 of these pitches. No one hit him out. Uh, his home run per nine was best in the game. He keeps the ball in the yard. He's not going to go 200 innings. He doesn't do that anymore. Maybe he'll get 170 to 180 innings, but Sonny Gray's the answer. I love the sign for the Cardinals. I think Dylan Cease, those talks went down to two other teams, and I don't think trade talks for the Cardinals just got too steep. When everyone knows you have a surplus of talent, they try to raid the cupboard. They don't just try to take two or three pieces. They try to raid it. And the Cardinals, I don't believe, wanted to part ways with Brendan Donovan in any way. And they held on to him, and that, to me, was the breaking point. So they had to go to the free agent market and go get Sonny Gray, which I think was the right answer. Again, it's the term, folks. You're not going to see this guy in year six or seven with an ERA over five and a half. You're going to have a three-year contract. This is a window with the guys they have in their starting lineup to win, and the Cardinals are trying to do that with the starting rotation. Greg, what's the likelihood of them acquiring another starter before the season as opposed to just waiting to see how things go and then maybe a a deal at the deadline? I think they will, but I don't think it's going to be an A-list or B-list free agent starter, Uh, like a Kenta Maeda type, someone that uh, you give an invite to spring training and see if the depth works out. Uh, But the guys they got, they kind of are confident they'll take the ball every fifth day. Durability has been the backbone of Lance Lynn's career. Uh, Is he going to win the ERA title? No, he's not. don't, Don't expect him to do that. But he's going to take the ball every fifth day. Kyle Gibson, I know. Everyone's been talking about all the hits these guys give up. Well, you know what? To give up a lot of hits, you have to be on the mound for a lot of innings. There have been Hall of Famers that have given up records 
uh, a record amount of hits in their career. And, and yet they were obviously successful pitchers. So uh, the, the Cardinals are trying to win the marathon to get to the sprint. The marathon is the regular season. You need regular season guys that can give you innings. And to do that, you can't strike everyone out. So, yeah, there is pitch to contact in this rotation. I totally get that. But if the Cardinals can just get to the sprint, which is the playoffs, then you reimagine things at the trade deadline and acquire the swing and miss that you don't have. But the marathon is a different sport. You've, you've got to have starters that give you length because the bullpen will be taxed by the all-star break. They addressed that with these three guys. They really did. A lineup anchored by Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado was a pretty good lineup last season. Is there any reason to think they, they will be less than that in, in 2024? I got to believe they're going to be better than that. <laughs> I have to believe this because the outfield was so underwhelming going into opening day. The excitement surrounding the young beasts of the St. Louis Cardinals in the outfield made all of us think that we were going to have uh, at least two all-stars in that group. And everyone went under the radar. It was very odd. I think Jordan Walker is set for a terrific sophomore year. I think Lars Newtbar is going to be uh, the next Andy Van Slyke. That's been my comp for him for a long time. Uh, I don't know what the future is for Dylan Carlson. He might be a trade piece uh, as we go forward. But the Cardinals with, with Mason Wynn playing shortstop every day, I can't wait to see what this young kid can do. Herrera, the backup catcher behind the plate. If He's the backup. Who knows what they do to get Contreras maybe in left field or maybe they DH Contreras more so we can see more of Herrera behind the plate. But I think, I think scoring runs will not be an issue. I left out uh, the two most consistent guys in Arenado and Goldschmidt. This team's going to be better than they were last year offensively, and that's why you're not seeing this team over Boogie with trying to get the Yamamoto types, to try to bring back Jordan Montgomery, who's earned a King's ransom because of his performance in October. The Cardinals weren't going to overpay, and they didn't do that. They got three guys that will give them the length they need to win the NL Central Division. From there, they'll readdress when they get closer to October. All right, Shohei Otani's the guy everybody's watching. It is it pretty much foregone he's going to the Dodgers? No, no, no. I, I think the Boston Red Sox have a legitimate chance of getting Shohei Otani. Uh, the New Balance deal is a big deal. He is the face of New Balance for an undisclosed amount. And some people think that it could be like a record, like beyond Michael Jordan type of numbers. And New Balance headquarters is in Boston. He's very close to a couple of the major uh, employees that run that uh, outfit out there, and I, I think they would love to have him nearby. And the Boston Red Sox need everything he can do. Uh, the Red Sox have been just lurking in mediocrity, which makes no sense based on their history and their market size and the success they've had recently. Uh, but with a new GM, a guy that's a former pitcher who can actually really, truly value what Otani does on the mound. I mean, his stuff is top five good in the game as a pitcher. So I, I think the Boston Red Sox are very much in this because if he's going to go to the East Coast, it's not just going to be because, you know, Mr. Cohen and the Mets are going to outpay everyone uh, or it's going to be because he wants to be a Yankee. I think he wants to go to a winning environment and he needs some sort of relationship there. And he's got a former teammate in World Baseball Classic playing in the outfield for the Boston Red Sox. He's got the New Balance connection out there. If he chooses to go to the East Coast, I believe the Boston Red Sox will be the other major option for the great Shohei Otani. Greg Amsinger, last time we talked, you had given away about um, 80 suits or something. What's your suit count today? (laughs) 
but I had a really good year. And um, yeah, I haven't done a good job of, of readdressing my, my suit count. So I, 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 I got to be honest, I just moved into a new house with a bigger closet. So uh, I'm really enjoying myself. I've got, I'm going to walk in, just look at it real quick. I know I got to go, but I've got these little tags on it yeah. that I date. I write the date on the last time I wore them with the tie and the shirt that I wore it with. So it ensures that the next time I wear the suit, I do not wear the same combination because the last thing I want is for people on social media to go, ew, what's wrong with this guy? He wears the same combo every time he wears a suit. So I think about these things. I have a bigger closet now, so I haven't really uh, parted ways with any suits. So I think I'm probably around 100 at Dude. the moment, which is really embarrassing. It's terrible. I need to readdress, but it's hard to find someone 6'5 and lanky like me. So if you know anyone, just, you know, have them give me a call. You know, this is like awesome. saber metrics for suits. Yeah, that, you know, you believe metrics. in the numbers. Yeah. I think it's advanced metrics for suits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. It's, it's suit analytics. Yes, right. I've taken it to a – it's the money ball for pocket squares. I totally agree with you. How many pocket squares do you have? Uh, I, can't even, I can't even count that. 500? I, I, I have over 500 ties. So I'm going to guess it's around the same pocket squares. Yeah, it's sort of like, you know, how people uh, weekly gro- they grocery shop. I have sort of a shopping addiction to ties and pocket squares. So I feel like at once every two weeks, I'm going somewhere to buy just a couple just to keep yeah. feeding the addiction, which is not good. Very embarrassing. But no. hey, I worked at Cam Weck, so everybody looks at me like a likable person, I, right? So yeah, it's all good. Yeah. Oh, I like you because you make me feel better about myself. Yeah, I, I know this. I, I love shopping. Like it's in my DNA. My mom, it was a, a, a gene, it's a genetic thing that she has with shopping. I love it. But unfortunately, I also have like my dad's financial side. So I still shop, but I just feel guilty about it. Mm-hmm. So you help me feel less guilty about shopping. And you know what? I know this about Greg Amsinger. He's he's talking about Hermes ties and yeah. uh, Tom Ford. He ain't buying none of that club room crap. This guy, yeah. this guy's going top of the line. What is that's club why room? You, it's amazing. Uh, you don't know what club room is? <laughs> no. Oh, you got to Google that. <laughs> you got to Google that. Sounds fancy. <laughs> oh, no, it is not. You pick those up at Macy's for $25. Nice. <laughs> I do what I need to do yeah. to keep up with former major leaguers right. who all That's have right. much deeper pockets than me. I cannot let these guys outdress me every night. You are a You know, I have to. Right, I'm a competitive yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah, and you are 100% going to have a collaboration, like a luxury brand, the way like, I don't, well, certain celebrities, I guess, have been dropped since they've gotten controversial, but ce- celebrities partner with Adidas or Stella McCartney partnered with Adidas. You are going to partner with some luxury suit company. It's going to be great. Uh, you know what? It, it, I've, I've heard people say that to me before, and I, it sounds exciting. I don't know if I have the... the um, the diligence to do what Michael Strahan has done. He's got his own like three piece suit line, oh, which yeah. is a lot of work to put your whole name behind it. But yes, I I have thought about a strong collaboration because I don't want to do too much work. You know what I'm saying? I want to give my, my two cents and then get a bunch of free stuff. That's kind of all I'm looking for. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. seeing her adjacent suits. We do have a texter to the show, uh, Greg. His name's Michael. He says he's six five and weighs one ninety, so that might be your guy. <laughs> Yeah, it might be. I mean, I, I'm in the 210 range. You might have to take it in, but that's always – it's better to take it in than that's to right. add more, right? That's exactly so I, Yeah, absolutely. Greg, you're yeah. the best, man. You are the best. Thank you.
Thanks for joining us today. It was always fun hanging out with you, okay? Send us a photo of your closet. I got to look at it. You promised last time. (laughs) He's not going to put that out there. I'm going to be honest with you. I was literally, like, on my – I was on a knee – taking like this really dramatic photo the last time you asked me to do it my wife walked in she goes what are you doing I go, i'm oh. taking a photo of my walking class she goes, you're not <laughs> my wife protects me from myself if, if, okay. uh, i'm sure there are a lot of guys out there that know what i'm talking about but she protects me from myself hey greg i just have to ask in your closet is it possible to use the phrase yes go in my closet and turn left <laughs> you can. It's so funny. You can, right? You can, no, you, you can only turn right. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, geez. <laughs> I, love I love it when people have closets where you can make a turn. That's the kind of closet. That's when you know it's a good uh, closet. That's what I was looking for. I've got this big out of it, so I can, I can lay down. I can take a nap oh, in my closet, awesome. which is always it. what I've been wanting. Do so you have a window? It's really nice. Uh, no, actually, okay. my old one, I had a window, but I needed more space. So let's get rid of the window and get more space. You know I mean? This is unbelievable. Greg, oh, Greg, get, he gets lost on the way to the closet. All right. Uh, Amsinger, we'll, we'll talk soon. We'll, we'll get, we'll check back in before, um, I don't know, before spring training starts. That sounds great. Whatever you guys want to chat. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 